Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. But we've all been through some pretty rough times as of late and could really use a big dose of inspiration and someone who could motivate us to turn our energies into making a difference in the lives of others. And you are about to meet that someone, and boy, is this lady motivating. Our guest, Michelle Moore, is president and founder of Mother's Grace, a nonprofit that addresses the critical needs of mothers and their children in the midst of tragic life events. She's joining us today to share all about her book called A Mother's Grace, Healing the World One Woman at a Time, and that wonderful organization that's brought so much to so many. It's really a thrill to have you on. So welcome, Michelle. Oh, thank you so much. I really am looking forward to chatting with you. Well, and I have to say, when I just made this introduction, I didn't even mention that your day job is a rather big one because you're Senior Vice President for Laboratory Corporation of America, and you oversee the response for COVID-19 testing. So (laughs) my first question is, wow, what do you eat for breakfast? What kind of vitamins do you take? Your energies are amazing. (laughs) You know, I'm probably just like everybody else. I uh, I work full time, and my passion or hobby on the side is definitely the charity that we formed. And I get tired like everybody else, and and I'm addicted to Netflix. That's how I I wind down and go to sleep every night. Okay, well, okay, Netflix <laughs> I can relate to. That sounds good yes. to me. No, oh, but I, I also want to start out by saying, and I hope you don't mind, but I would like to ask you some of a little bit about your personal background because some of the things sure. that you went through actually led to this wonderful book and this wonderful organization. Absolutely. Feel free. Well, the stage is yours. <laughs> so tell us if a little bit about little what bit, uh, my personal story. Yes, please. So, um, I, you know, um, the the start of the book and really the start of the charity um, came from my loss of a mother uh, when I was five years old. So my mother was born with a congenital heart defect, but she was kind of a powerhouse, went to college, got her RN, and um, was was really out trying to help others um, with with her own thing, you know, trying to help pediatric cardiology patients. Um, get their, you know, help. And she actually flew on flights with them to get the support that they needed. And so she was really busy and and ill at the same time and raising two young daughters. And she died right in front of me one day, uh, very traumatically. I was alone with her. And that's how the book starts. Um, And no one, you know, she'd had two heart surgeries and everyone thought she was going to be fine. But um, she died tragically at about 27 years old with two young daughters. And so oh, that really started my uh, my journey looking for a mother's grace. And I think when you – I think there's a lot of books about motherless daughters. They they do go looking for that comfort. And I did have it for the first five years of life, so I think that was almost even more traumatic. I knew what was taken away, and I think subconsciously I was looking for it my whole life. So I connected as I got older. I went to college, got married. I had children of my own. And I really connected with other mothers that were doing things after heartbreak. And I think, you know, I started doing that in my, in business. I had, you know, started working for LabCorp right out of graduate school and 
started connecting with people in business that were doing things. And it really started to come to fruition during Hurricane Katrina. And Hurricane Katrina is really the first chapter in my book because a mother there that I met, um, my, my oldest son at the time was in fourth grade, and we, we made a decision, I don't know why, it was very divinely led, to hop on a plane and go down and help clean up New Orleans after Katrina. I think it was very compelling to us to see what was going on on the TV, and we wanted to do something. So I met this woman down there named Connie. She's the first chapter in my book. She's a mom just like everybody else, just a normal mom trying to make ends meet. And she lost a lot during that uh, terrible time. And she took um, in a little tiny little bit of money that she had, and she you know, led a charge to rebuild over 60,000 homes. She went to Congress um, about FEMA. She's, uh, she's really literally the powerhouse in New Orleans that um, started St. Paul's Homecoming and worked with um, everybody to, to get that city rebuilt. And she's still working hard. And she was the first mother I met, and we just connected. We were two strangers. I came down to help, and she put us to work, and we just bonded. And it was that bond of removing the noise between people and personal agendas. And it was just, hey, I've been through this, and hey, I've been through that, and let's just cut out the noise and have a real conversation about what it's like to go through these things and how we get through. And so that was the first example. And the next one was, um, you know, I did things like go to Africa um, to help clean up. But then, I mean, you know, I wanted to help all these women. I wanted to bond with them, too. But then in 2008, I was hit with a very, very, very aggressive form of breast cancer. I was 40 years old, and I had three young children, and it came out of the blue, just like with my mother. And it was like coming full circle. It was like, I can't believe God would allow this to happen. You know, I missed my mother all my life, and now I'm going to have the same life she does. I thought I was going to die young, and I thought I was, my children would be left motherless. Um, during... Uh, you know, my uh, treatment, it was the night before I was very serious chemotherapy. The night before, my seven-year-old middle son started having some really weird symptoms. And since I worked for LabCorp, I was in diagnostics. I said, I better get him to the doctor tonight before I start chemo or he'll get lost in the shuffle. I took him to his pediatrician at four o'clock. And within 10 minutes of being there, he was rushed to Phoenix Children's Hospital and treated nearly died of ketosis from juvenile diabetes. So we spent the next week, me getting chemo and him in the hospital. I couldn't see him because of my low white counts and he was learning how to be insulin dependent. So at that point, everything came full circle for me. It was now I am one of those moms that I wanted to help. And I think that was a very divine full circle journey that God put me on. And within a year, I decided that I had to be there for other mothers and since then, I've met all these mothers that are in the book that have gone through very acute, ridiculous things and have come out the other side and done things for their communities. And that's, that's what a mother's grace is all about. Oh, my gosh, Michelle. I'm fighting back <laughs> tears right now. What an amazing story. And, uh, you know, I think when you said it was divine intervention or divine, you know, I mean, you've lived it. And the greatest gift you can give anybody else is to support them through something similar. And, wow, that you've done in a big, big way. Well, I think that's exactly what we believe at our charity is that there's no better person 
that someone that has had some similar experience, you know, to help because, you know, we all want to, I think genuinely speaking, we all want to help, right? And we want to bake someone mm-hmm. a cookie. We want to help them during, you know, a bad breakup or someone that's going through cancer. But, you know, the, the true nitty gritty support comes from people that have gone through similar things. And when I was going through cancer, I really wanted to talk to people that had been through cancer because I wanted hope. And I think that's what this book does. It shows you all the different things that people have been through from school violence to addiction to cancer. And it shows their story and how they coped and have come over to the other side. Well, and another thing is you have a wonderful website, uh, and you provide also support for people who are considering starting their own profits or doing that type of work where they can help. I just think it's great. So tell us a little bit about your website, too. Sure. So the website is mothers-grace.org, and we take on one to two organizations that are in infancy um, per year. We have a board of 11 professional women, from attorneys to accountants to business people to housewives to we have the First Lady of Arizona on our board, and they all offer a piece of a jigsaw puzzle of support and, and skills and talents to help people get something off the ground. And there's a couple of the charities that I wrote about in the book that we have got off the ground and are now national and international charities. And we support, um, you know, all vol- we're all volunteers by giving them our business skills to help them accomplish what they're trying to get back to the world. Well, Michelle, so you give, you know, again, uh, support, uh, resources and all that on a personal level to a a woman and her family who are going through something like this, uh, all the way towards helping people, again, uh, launch nonprofits that can support women. So let's get back to the personal for a moment, though. Um, uh, When I'm in a – I'll speak personally, talk about the personal, but when I'm in the midst of some type of crisis, I want someone to do – Say to me, do this, do this, do this, because I can't think. So what are some things that you suggest for women who are finding themselves in the middle of, you know, kind of almost overwhelming issues? Oh, that's, I think that's one of the best questions I've been asked. I appreciate that. Um, So depending on what the situation is, um, I think women in the beginning, we fall to our knees and we, we say, please, somebody help me because they're so used to doing the help. And I think just throwing your arms up and saying that you need help first and letting friends know because a lot of us are like, oh, you know, I don't want to ask for help. I'm the one that's supposed to be doing that. I think that's the first thing to do is to surrender both to your divine, if it's God or the universe, whatever it is, surrender and then let your friends know because they can come in and help you. I had COVID this summer and I just threw my arms up and I had my friends just come to my rescue, eat food and do all kinds of things. So tell as many people as you can and be transparent, honest, and authentic because people will come to the rescue and they'll also give you ideas of places to look for help if you are really honest. Don't hold it all in because that's only going to make it worse. I think that's the number one thing to do. And I think pray and meditate and get out and have some sunshine to get your head on straight. And um, and then you you can start creating your path, but it it would take a long time. I mean, I, when I was going through cancer, I thought I was going to die every week. I'd I'd get a symptom in my head, and I thought it was in my brain. I'd get a backache. I thought, it, but I would go out for a walk, talk to God, and just look for yellow flowers. And I talk about that in the book. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I'd see a yellow flower, and I was like, okay, it's going to be okay. 
find something to focus on and, and keep looking because it's there. Oh, Michelle, that is wonderful advice. And I would just like to say, too, uh, again, you're right. I think you're very correct when you say that, suggest that we, as women, we want to be the helpers, the givers, the this or that. But when you ask to receive, that provides a gift to your friends because then they can be the giver and they can be exactly. and get that wonderful feeling of when you support others. So that is just so, I mean, really important. Uh, and also, too, I know the title of your book is A Mother's Grace. What do you think about grace? I mean, what, what, how do you define grace? So what I'm learning that grace is in my life is absolute surrender and letting go. When I want something so much, I can, you know, I just I want this so badly, Lord. I want this so badly. The minute, in, instead of trying to control the outcome, when you are able to really surrender, and I mean lay your head on the pillow and say, I'm not going to worry about this tonight. I'm giving it to you. I am laying it down. And what comes may, comes may. In the next weeks, months, days, whatever it is, what comes to you is more beautiful than anything you could have wanted. And that's what's happened to me. I think that's grace. And I don't think we're, we're going to receive the most graces in our life until we absolutely surrender. Mm. Well, and, and you surrender and, as you said, you know, kind of draw upon the community around you and maybe yes. even check out your website and do something for other people, too. Yes. Now, yes. the women in your book, some of the stories you mentioned a little bit have a, a range, but can are you still in touch with some of them? Are they part of your nonprofit? Or tell us a little bit about them, too. Absolutely. So most all the women in the book I'm still close to. In fact, one of them I just spoke to today I'm in a spiritual retreat with during Christmas. Um, They are ranged from a mom who lost her daughter in the Parkland shootings in Florida several years back to moms that have lost children to addiction, to mothers of Hurricane Katrina, cancer, um, disabilities, Um, a mom that I know very well here in Phoenix whose son was away at college and had a scrape on his leg and came home for spring break. Within 48 hours, he lost all of his limbs because of an infection, and she's been working with uh, disabilities ever since. So when you read this book, you will see yourself in one of these women because they're all regular. They're not these people that you would expect to go and light the world on fire with the biggest nonprofit. They are real gritty women that have a certain level of faith and... Um, you know, yes, I keep in touch with them. But even more than that, I work with them on cases. For example, this woman that does disabilities, we work together at least once a quarter. We had a young lady with an application who had flipped her four-wheeler and she lost both of her legs. She was a, a college student and a soccer athlete. And the prosthetics that were made for her insurance company were just regular prosthetics and, and to get the athletic prosthetics, it was going to be an extra $15,000 that her parents could not afford. So with mother's grace, they, an application came to us and we wanted to help her and give her hope. And this just happened this year and we couldn't put $15,000 toward it, but we could partner with two other charities and we got those prosthetics uh, paid for. So, and one of the partners um, is K2, who I wrote about in the book that works with disabilities and takes up disabled people up uh, Kilimanjaro and Grand Canyon. And so, yeah, I work with them on, on difficult cases for sure. 
Wow. I mean, I just think of the lives that you and your your fellow givers have touched and made such a difference. One of the things I think in my case, again, I'm speaking personally here, but I think it's pretty universal, is sometimes women, we're afraid to get out there. We're afraid. to. We want to do something, but something holds us back. So what do you suggest if we find ourselves wanting to do something, but we're afraid to reach out? Another wonderful, wonderful question. Um, in the back of the book, there's a whole chapter about how to get involved in small ways and big ways. But the, the thing I say to do first is when I was going through cancer and COVID and most of the moms that will pay a mortgage for them, but they say the thing that's more meaningful to them than anything is to receive a meal because it's the last thing they can think of is to cook and to, to plan for their family when they're going through something like this. It, they, it's a bunch of takeout. It gets expensive. So I, I write about it in the book. Just the first thing to do is make a meal for somebody that's going through something horrible. And they will. And that's the thing that touches people more than anything we do. And I, let me tell you, we've bought, we've bought vans and prosthetics, but we get the most feedback about a meal. And then it talks about in the back, last chapter about the different things that you can do to get involved with a lot of different charities from a big way or a small way. If you want to start your own charity, I talk about how to get that started. So there's just a lot of ways to get involved and you don't have to, you know, break the bank to do it. You don't have to write a check. You just have to take one step and, and might be the only time you do it, but that could make a huge difference. Gee, Michelle Wells, talk about making a huge difference. I hope that you realize what a difference you've made because, my goodness, on not only an organizational level but, again, on a very personal level, that's got to feel awfully good. And I want some of that, and I think our listeners do too. So once again, please uh, share where your website is and the title of your book because you can set up and, and get going in your own way. Okay. So the website is mothers-grace.org. And the book is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Um, it is called A Mother's Grace: Healing the World One Woman at a Time. It's a great gift right now for women, especially going through COVID and, and trying to really look at their lives. And I think it's been really inspirational for many. Well, and talk about inspirational! I feel very inspired just chatting with you. So, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave with our audience before we have to close? Well, I just wish blessings to everybody, especially mothers and that are going through things right now during the holidays. It's a tough time, but definitely reach out. You can be touched in, in very um, exponential ways by just reaching out. So blessings to everyone and to you as well. Oh, well, thank you, Michelle. And also, too, if you ever want to do anything for somebody else, the holidays are the perfect time to do that. And like you said, that book will inspire you to, to get going, to reach out, and, and really make a difference in the lives of others. So thank you so much, Michelle. Well, thank you. I really appreciate being on today. Well, and I do have to say, I mean, again, I think that this is a perfect time to find out more about ways that you and out there in the audience can really do something that will not only uh, bring you grace and bring you a sense of gratitude and joy, but will really make a difference in the lives of others. So it's a time that we can provide for the less fortunate and those who could really use a helping hand. And a great big thanks to Michelle. Until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, saying I'll catch you later. Bye-bye.